Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to break down the 2022 Riverhounds roster and see who who stays and who might be going down down the long path out of Pittsburgh. Got a couple of uh, good old buddies of mine. First off, we got Seth. What's good, Seth? Should I stay or should I go now, I believe, is the question of the pod. That is the question of the pod. Are you a big Clash guy? Not really, but that song, that's an absolute bop. And whenever you started that intro, it immediately just, like, kicked me right in the teeth. So I had to go with it, so. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. But I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I uh, I picked up a little uh, space heater for the uh, front porch, so... We're still able to enjoy the, uh, the, I, I, we don't get, we don't have snow where I'm at. So I'm going to say the, we're still enjoying the fall weather. Nice. Nice. The space here, elect, electric, I'm guessing a little plug-in deal. Yeah. I, I couldn't find like a 1970s, like kerosene one. So. Oh, they got ones now like, um, uh, like propane versions of them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, coming to us with a house with some sick kids. There's a Vesti. What's good, my man? You know, I have a old kerosene heater that looks like a R2-D2 unit in my shed that uh, could use a new home. <laughs> but um, now I'm doing all right. You know, you was talking about roster one uh, Twitter inevitably dies this weekend going to really take away utility of ours of scouting out who signed for the Riverhounds but has not been announced yet. Yeah, we're going to have to find other problem is, will everyone just do you think everyone just migrates to the same next platform or back to Facebook or wherever the hell? Or everyone's going to go to the different wins? Because that's my fear. Me, up down the older side, will we'll fall back into Facebook and the 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 kids, the guys going out of college, and them, they'll all their shit's gonna be going straight to the Instagrams, where we'll love them right anyways. And then I'm just gonna be completely out of the loop. I think it's gonna be the great scattering to the wind, like yeah. some biblical tale, and then some someday some other platform will rise from the ashes. Should we have reserved the Steel Army handle on that Mastodon, or is that probably too late to do that? I'm sure it's free. I don't think it's been that widely adopted yet, but I'm not convinced that that's going to be going to be it. It seems a bit messy from what I've poked at it. Mm. But yeah, how are we gonna get? How are we gonna find out that uh, Bartlett Scott is signing from some seventh tier club in England to come over here and play three minutes? How will we ever find out? Damn it! Shit. While we ponder that, let's say hi to Yak. What's good, my Yak? Hi, Yosti. I'm wondering if the great migration of Twitter will take us to Discord uh, as opposed to Facebook. But it doesn't let, allow people to interact the way that Twitter does. No, so. it's, that's not. It's a good, once you're in your little space, that's a good thing. Your to, little silo. Yeah, it's not going to help spread the word. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think... Hmm. Does Twitter make it to Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> yes. The, 
if the people who quit today actually quit, you know, you know the, the rumors on its own site are true, I don't think it makes it past this weekend once the World Cup starts. I just saw something that apparently, like, all badge access has been pulled from headquarters for everyone. Yeah, it's like, if, they, if all these engineers left and then nobody can access the system anyways, then, like, you know, it's going to go down real quick. So what the hell do we do? How do we shit talk the people, like Welsh people on Monday? I have to uh, physically fly there. You fuck. drag one off the street so you can find one. Shit. Oh. Lower League Soccer is totally fucked without Twitter. If we've, waited, if we've waited four years for a World Cup and we can't even throw jabs at countries around the world via Twitter machine, what the hell did we even the- wait for? Fuck. What's even the point of holding it at all? What What is the point of anything? It. What is the point of living if you can't shithouse people on Twitter? Fuck. This sucks. <laughs> now we're going to try some. I'll talk about the, the Hound roster after all that. The hell? Yeah, I thought you said you had a question, or was that your question? It was going to be my question. No. Oh. So. Okay. Happens. Gentlemen, uh, the Riverhound season has come to an end, and it's time to figure out who might be back next year or who do you want to see back next year. I've broken this up into basically two broad categories, those who are on an option for 2023 and those who are not. Uh, sometimes it seems when people have these conversations, they they lump the option and non-option people into one group, and that's, to me, not the best way to have this conversation because... One bucket is people who don't have much of a choice if they come back next year, as long as they're still playing professional soccer. And the other half is uh, people who have a free agent market to test out and may come back or may not, and it's not up to the Hounds uh, independently to decide if they come back. So with that said, we will start with the guys on on the option. These are all the classic Bob Lilly signed for a year plus a one-year club option for the following year. So these are the guys who signed the new deal or their first deal with the Hounds this year and are on the the option for 2023, the club option for 2023. Uh, let's start with the keepers. And it is all three of them, Jamali Waite, Chase Waswick, Kevin Silva, all of them signed new this year. That means they're all on options for 2023. Uh, yeah, I'll give you the first, the first honors. Who, who do you see coming back, uh, next year out of this group, if any of them, who do you want to see back next year? I think weight is probably the only guy closest to a guarantee to come back. Um, with, without looking, I feel like they're all roughly the same age, so it's not like a development thing. So you might as well just bring the only guy back that got most of the playing time last year. So you think you don't think Vosser or Silva even have a, have a look at? They're just easily replaceable. If Vosvik is still showing signs of life, if he's still out there, you know, he would have been on any of the 18s ever for the final, like, five months of the year. I think he made one. There was, like, one random game where he was on the bench instead of instead of Silva, but... I think it was because Waite was uh, called up to the national team. Oh, no, because Waite... 
Wait never missed a game for national team duty. Are you sure? I'm fairly confident of that. All right. I'll trust your judgment on that yeah. one. Vesti, what are your what are your thoughts on this goalkeeping core? I had the same thoughts. I think Waits the only one that would come back just because I feel like not fat checking myself. Traditionally Bob keeps one guy for two years, usually the starter, and that's kinda it, and then he just fills out the rest in, in preseason. I mean if you had to put it's a percentage like, on it, how how confident are you that, that he's back next year? Yeah, I thought we were eating crow last week. I don't want to set myself up again. <laughs> but uh no, I'll say hundred uh, percent weights back. And um I the last thing I was gonna say is it, before pre Bob we would have guys, keepers especially, that would just kind of hang around for years on end. But he doesn't seem to do that. Um, so, like, in the past, we were, probably would have saw Vosvik just sort of hang around, even though he never played, if he wanted to. But this year, with Bob, it, like I said, he seems just to keep one, and, and that's it. So, 100% wait. Well, it goes back to the whole, you know, it's a bit rude to say, but Bob finds keepers to be pretty exp- uh, expendable. And... It, in my opinion, hurt hurt us at the beginning of this year that there, you basically had three untested keepers in camp together. Well, two, and then Jamal Waite showed up after the year started. I kept thinking that the experienced guy was going to get signed from somewhere else, and that never happened. Seth, uh, are you on the same boat? It's Jamal Waite's the only guy coming back, or do you see something yeah, different happening? <clears throat> I'm I'm sure like we're gonna lose half of our viewers after after half of our listeners after this question. I'm same same as sentiments from me. Uh, Wait's the only one I want back, and I think that you'll see Bob probably go find two other keepers through college or League One routes through the tryout process. All right, I'll make this as the follow up question then, just to make it a little more interesting. Silver or Vosvik, who has Who's going to come back and, and bite us in the ass someday in the future as an opposing keeper? Festy. I'll go with Vosvik. Just be, like it's it's going to be some weird like you know we never gave him a chance and he ends up being the the Golden Glove winner in two years. Yeah, same idea. I'm thinking Silva actually. If there's anybody, but my money would be on neither of them. Oh, fair enough then, Seth. You. Same ideas or something different? Um, I honestly like I I don't really see like number one goalkeeper out of either of them, so I'm gonna go none of the above. I don't have Silva. I've said the probably multiple times. Silver always scared me more often than not. Vosvik, I still want to say he's my man in all this, and promise he only played a, two games basically. And then not not to be seen again. So even if another team was interested in them, it's gonna be coming up on a year. Uh, the anyone's gonna have any film on them, and he might be struggling just to find another home at this point. And I, I that would kind of suck for him because I I liked what I saw out of him in those two games, and then to the milk carton you go. <sighs> the defenders. Uh, we have five of these guys on a p- potential option year. Uh, they are 
Jesse Williams, Toby Sims, Arturo Ordonez, Nathan Dos Santos, Luke Biasi. Vesti, I'll start with you. Uh, out of this group of defenders, who do you want to see back? Who do you think will be back? Who Who's seen his last days as a hound? My picks would be... I mean, geez, I would almost keep all of them, but I know he won't do that. He never does it, especially on defenders. So I'm going to say I would like to see DeSantos. I thought he looked good until he got injured. Um, I think he's the kind of outside back Bob could build around a bit. Uh, Toby Sims, you know, when he again got when he got the chance, looked good. I think he could stick around. Uh, I liked Ordonez. You could probably build a back line around him if he, you know, improves a little bit. And that's I think it. So that's it. You're you're taking Biasi and, and Jesse Williams and saying goodbye to those guys. I mean, Jesse Williams barely played, so any any guy that barely plays, I feel like, is not going to get option picked up. And then I didn't don't really have any opinion one way or the other on Biasi. But see, every so often Bob has that guy that someone sees no no minutes, and then he's the surprise keep for the next year. I think. Uh, we will see that in another position. Fair enough. Seth, your thoughts. I, I agree on the three that Vesti said to bring back. Uh, of the of the uh, Williams Biasi combo, I, I would like Williams is only twenty. So if if there was like that guy that like he might have practiced really well, but Bob thought he was just still too raw to see game you know first team action i i think williams would probably stand to fall into that category you're you're saying goodbye to biasi then i am <sighs> yeah he's the biasi's that guy i i never got a good read on him one way or the other um williams you still like well, i mean williams had less him. minutes but but Biasi, I just I don't know. I'm not saying he's he's not the right fit. I just hard to get a read on that guy. Yak, uh, who do you like out of this group of fine young men? Um, it's quite possible that all five come back. I I struggle to think that like who is the most expendable because the defense was never our sharpest thing. But these are all young guys. All five that were mentioning, I think this is their first professional year. Um, I think there's a chance that Jesse Williams comes back more than Biasi because Williams is the youngest player on the Hounds roster that was signed into a pro contract. I think there's a chance that Dos Santos might be gone because of his injury. There's a chance that Dos Santos might want to be gone because of his injury and that uh, um, the Hounds play on turf. So I'm going to go with Ordonez, Toby, and Jesse Williams as our uh, returners here. The Dos Santos injury is the, the big question mark to me. Uh, just because none of us have any information about how the recovery has gone. Uh, I'm fairly certain there was surgery involved, how the surgery went. Uh, I think the guy is quality. He showed, even though he, he didn't start off as the starter, quickly took uh, Robbie Danrod's spot, more or less. Showed quality, showed some skill, uh, especially in a difficult position in left back. If he's fit and 
Bob thinks he's still, you know, the injury is not uh, too too much of a career killer. I think he's back. What you say about maybe he doesn't want to play on turf anymore, I don't know how, if you're a Nathan Dos Santos or if you're anyone who is going to play in North America, how you can avoid not being on turf. There were just too many teams that play it. That even if you... Yeah. Quit, quit following Odell Beckham Jr. on social media. Excuse me? Haven't you seen OBJ? After he, he like, every time somebody gets hurt in the NFL on turf, because he got hurt in the Super Bowl on turf, he always brings it up as, like, his big, like, that's his, like, big, like, rallying cry on social media anymore. I was totally Never unaware. Never mind. I This is a completely... I mean, this joke will like one person in the world will get Take, mind, taking sorry. this right off the rails. I just I'll, <laughs> I'll see myself out. Fair I mean, enough. Uh, I but if if I mean if I'm Bob and let's say let's say Dos Santos finds a he doesn't want to be on turf he he, he can find a place some other league that uh, that might want his services that turf may not be an issue. I mean if I'm Bob I'm still I, I'm doing the the uh, the cheetah move or the uh, I'm I'm picking up the option and then flipping them for money. Why not do the damn thing? Uh, or 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 if it's like a situation even where like say you get to January and like he's still three months away from returning to training or something like that, like. I still think you take the you still take the option on a guy like that, and let him work himself back into shape, and then see where it goes from there. I mean, it has I, to I, be a friendly deal for the club. I think there is a good chance that if he comes back, he's not available the first weekend of games. I, I, I don't think the turnaround's fast enough for him. That would also be a damn thing if you, you like what you see out of him. No one else has seen what he has to offer, and then you quickly sign him to another deal. Trying to lock up another year on on him before people can get another glimpse on him. That'd be yeah, maybe that'd be interesting. Yeah, uh, unless Jesse Williams has done something in in practice, uh, I just I don't see where he's coming back. In so far as I think Sims has to be the obvious person coming back, Ordonez for better or worse earned the trust of Bob. Played a ton of minutes. Uh, just got engaged. Barely just got engaged. Did anyone see that on on the Instagrams? I yeah. did see that. Yeah. Someone showed it to me. Congrats, Arturo. Get engaged by the uh, by the Eiffel Tower. It's pretty sweet. Uh, though Santos again probably all comes down to where that injury is. If if it looks like he can play, he's he's back. Biasi, I ain't got a damn clue. Ain't got a damn clue. But with that said. You're looking at three guys probably back easily in that group, plus a couple of these guys who are out of contract. You're probably working on on getting those guys back. I think Bob just finds a new, young, uh, out-of-college body to take the place of Jesse Williams, uh, which almost certainly means that he'll be back next year. Midfield. For all the talk of of midfield, and all the, the bodies we had, there was only th- three guys who fit the on an option year tag. 
Mark Ibera, Angelo Kelly Rosales, Luis Argudo. Seth, what do you make of this trio of guys? I I think uh, I think Argudo is gone, and you see Kelly Rosales and Ybarra back. I, also, I was just thinking about this. Do we know what the specifics of Robbie's deal is? We're going we're gonna to get to that, and I will we'll just say it now. Okay. So, th- I wasn't sure where to put Mertz because when when the transfer went through, they made no mention of the length of a contract. And I'm just going to work under the assumption that if he was signed for beyond this year, that would have been included in the release. So he could be, he could not be, but the fact that they didn't mention it makes me want to lean on the side of the deal went through the end of this past season. So I'm treating him as out of contract. Uh, I have okay. an asterisk next to his name because of that, but uh, for the purposes of okay. this, we're just gonna we're gonna consider him out of contract. And if we're proven wrong, then fuck it, we're wrong. We've been wrong before. Yeah, I, I think like Kelly Rosales, great energy off the bench can uh, also kind of play back uh, off of a wing back position for you. And I mean, y- Yabara was a uh, he was in the eighteen felt like every night and picked up considerable amount of minutes and he got subbed into both. I think, he, I think he wound up playing in both uh, playoff matches too. He did. He absolutely did. So, so if you're, uh, if you're good enough to be seeing time in the playoffs, I have to imagine Bob likes you enough to have you back. Yeah, Luis Argudo, man, is that that just feels like. I mean, it's gonna be harsh, but I mean, Vesti, we we saw him in that preseason game before he was signed. I think we both kind of shrugged our shores, anyways, Adam. And then he, he the deal went through. It took a while to get the the paperwork done, and he he never really impressed off of his unimpressive preseason game against Louisville. I don't see a path back for him. Yabara, for all the reasons Seth just said, worked his way into more minutes as the season went on. Um, also has a, has a little little shit housing on him, as you saw in those the spot kicks against uh, Birmingham. And I'll go with a, a mild surprise and say that Kelly Rosales is not back next year. I just feel like there's something that didn't click between him and Bob. And I'm just gonna. That might be my first kind of surprise call, but I'm saying he's not back next year. Yak, what's your list look like? Um, during the year, Argudo um, was probably my favorite of three. I really liked watching him play. I thought he was good uh, when he was most used, like in the Open Cup era, roughly late spring, early summer, and then suddenly he just was not on 18s for like the final three months for the most part. I find it hard to believe, um, especially since he's not a rookie, he's one of the most seasoned vets on the team, um, that he might not come back. Um, I thought he was the oldest, but I actually, I actually, it might be Angelo Kelly. He, he could be the oldest on the team besides like Kenny Forbes and stuff. Um, I'm going to call him a 50-50 deal, and I think Ibarra has a really good shot at coming back. I, I like him a lot, and again, rookie out of college, 
impressed and was solid, I think, um, in his first year. So I like having him around. Nice. Festy, three guys. How many are you keeping? I'm being a little more cutthroat and uh, apparently contrarian to the rest of the group. I didn't particularly find any of these guys exciting or impressive. Um, so I would actually, me personally, I probably wouldn't bring any of them back. I feel like Bob will probably bring back Angelo Kelly. He seems like he got a lot of look, a lot of appearances. Um, he seems like some a utility guy that that Bob would bring back, and then cut the other two. But um, I, if I'm being cutthroat, I just I don't think I'm bringing any of them back. I feel like the midfield is probably going to have the biggest overhaul this off season than we've seen in a while. Well, I think it's almost going to be the biggest overhaul. Just I mean, again, those are only three guys. None of them were were starters. Uh, your bar got minutes towards the end of the year. Argudo, another guy that went missing as the year went on, and Kyle Rosales was what seeing thirty minutes every other game type of type of setup. They so, were all averaging thirty or less from our incomplete stats. Yeah. So I just, I mean, and then basically the the heart of the midfield is going to be covered in the guys out of contract, which is. Uh, a bit scary to me right now, but we'll we'll get there in a few minutes. Forwards, Dane Kelly, secret weapon, and Al Dequa. Um, Festy, let's kick it off with you. Where do you, who do you see coming back from this group of three? Uh, I think we're gonna see Dequa. Bob seems to really like him, and he he does well. Uh, and I think E Yang is going to be that one guy who barely plays but still sticks around, much to the enjoyment of Logan. Kelly, he's gone. I mean, he's he's been gone for like four months already. I don't I don't see that coming back. <laughs> he's not been the four one two since. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. Who knows? That he's he's literally just been physically absent for for months now. Seth, uh, what do you got? I think Deke was the only one that comes back. On, that they extend the option on. Um, I just think, like, the whole Dane Kelly situation, obviously something wasn't, something wasn't, you know, agreeing with Bob that the leading goal scorer in league history just all of a sudden doesn't even dress for matches for most of the season. And I, I just don't think... I don't think there's really enough there as far as the I'm gonna make my good friend Logan really sad, but I don't think uh Yang's back, so hopefully he enjoys his Christmas present. <laughs> nice. Uh I'm the same with you. Uh Dequa uh, Bob is uh fatuated with Al Dequa and he was one of those guys we all scratched our head when he got a new two you know, year plus year deal this past off season. Dequa showed why the faith was was well placed. Had a great year. Um, I think he's a, a lock to be back next year. E uh, Yang, even though just, just going by the whole secret weapon moniker, I think Bob had bigger hopes for him, and it just was not to be. Uh, for whatever reason, just couldn't break into the. 
not even just starting lot, but to be even a consistent guy off the bench. So whatever he was hoping Yang could be, it just never happened. He, I think he's gone. And you know the Dan Kelly contract is is not cheap. I think that's that's obvious to anyone. And when that guy can't make the 18 for whatever reasons, be it performance or kicking Bob's puppy or wherever the hell happened, if he's not making the bench in the playoff games and you're not bringing him back uh, on probably a hefty contract. So, Dan Kelly, uh, thank you for your six goals. Thank you for having two of those goals be uh, scored from assists from, from Kenara Forbes. So we had the kind of neat thing of having the all-time assist man set up two goals for the league's all-time goal scorer. Um, that was cool. That was fun. And uh, have fun wherever you are. And I, if he's still around the USL next year, he's pop one against the Hounds almost without doubt. Yak. Andy Andy got number 100 for us. Andy, yes. They did the ceremony where they gave him the ball and then was basically not seen after that. That I mean, if we go back to just the the, the questions of this past year, the, the Dan Kelly disappearance is it, question one for me. And there's a gap for question two, and those are other people who've who also disappeared this off this past midseason. Yak, what do you got? Same boat. Um, from an outsider's perspective, it would be really, really, really funny if Dan Kelly came back. But there's no way in hell. I also don't have a lot of faith that E Yang's coming back. But um, I'm also infatuated with Albert Dequa. So yes, he's coming back, especially since technically Cicerone's out of contract. Yes, he is out of contract. Um, speaking of which, let's let's do that now. Let's go through our out of contract list. So these are all the guys who's uh, who does not have a an option year coming up, and so it would require both the Hounds and the player to decide to come on back to Pittsburgh for another year. Uh, I'll read off this list, guys, and then we'll go through. If you have a, a guy or two that they you think the team really needs to make an effort to bring back, uh, say so. And then if there's also a guy that had a good year or had a, a notable year, but for whatever reason you think it's time to move move on, uh, let's hear those names as well. So the, the, the complete list is Russ Cicerone, Alex Dixon, Kennardo Forbes, Danny Griffin, Robbie Mertz, that's a fucking murderous row of, of names right there. Danny Rivera, Jelani Peters, Shane Wheat, Mikel Williams. Uh, again, there's a lot of minutes and a lot of starts in that list right there that could be potentially walking out the door. Seth, what names jump to you is, is you might have to overextend to bring them back. Or likewise, it's been fun, but time to move on. I think like you have to back the Brinks truck up for Russell Cicerone. Like I, I think the guy's just been way too productive here uh, over this two seasons. Uh, he's just a high energy guy. Really seems to. I mean, he 15 this year. I can't remember what he had finished on last year. Um, I, I think he's my like number one guy to go get. Um, and then I, I don't, 
I know like we kind of got tipped off by Bob that maybe Danny Griffin wasn't going to be here this year. There was potential he was going to Nashville. Um, if if it's still an opportunity to bring him back on another contract, I would definitely love to see Danny Griffin back as well. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, again with with Griffin, a guy who just who starts and starts and starts and and just plays every minute he can. Cicerone maybe went missing for a little stretch in the middle of the season, but I mean, a lot of guys did. Uh, Yak, what names are on this list that that you think are imperative come back next year? Um, I think. Cicerone and Griffin are 1A and 1B in terms of highest priority. Um, I especially now that it was released that Robbie Mertz is now part of the, the like the board of the USL Players Association. Um, I think that's a, a, a small sign that there's a high chance he's coming back or really wants to come back. Um, I also generally want Forbes to come back, but I hope it's in a lesser role. I think he should I think we might find out that he might be taken off of corner kicks or set pieces and then I really want wheat back and I really want Dixon back but I hope I hope we get the early season Dixon that we saw uh, before yeah I'll, I I got some well I'll throw it out there now uh, The fact that it that Dixon started off strong and then and then heavily tailed off as the year went on, maybe there was an injury involved that we don't know about or, or something just just nag there. Uh, this is a guy that was my vote for Player of the Year in twenty one. He was damn near my my vote for Player of the Year this year. Uh, I think the team was most different, and and by different I mean in lesser quality when he was off the field than when he was on. I am just really concerned about why there was that, that drop off as the year went on. And I would at least be cautious about bringing him back again, probably information and some insight that we just won't have. But I mean, if you think that, what he was in 21 and the first part of this year is still there, then I want him back. If if you don't, then it might be time to move on from him. I mean, Cicerone and, and uh, Griffin are pretty, pretty locks as people you want back. I'm still pro Shane Wheat. Absolutely. Um, and the, the guy that I'm probably regrettably moving on from is, is Danny Rivera. It just, he always looks like the guy who's just ready to break through. And it's, we're now on what year four and it hasn't happened. Uh, might just be ready to, to move on from there. Vesti, what's your list looking like? Pretty much the same as you guys. I, I think we're all in, in fairly good agreement. Um, I'd say Griffin, well, I'm assuming Merch is coming back um, for the same reason that Yak mentioned. Uh, so I would put Griffin as top priority. Russ, I thought he 
he definitely, he definitely had a better second half this season. So um, any, any of the guys that had a better second half this season, I think, uh, makes good cases to bring it back. So like it's like Russ and 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 we, I I like Dixon and wouldn't mind having him back. Um, and and same for Forbes, but as the two oldest guys in our team, if it, it seems like they may have hit the age wall because uh, they definitely started trailing as the season went on. So if either of them come back, I imagine it's going to be more of a sub. We're not going to see him playing full 90 the whole season. But I could also see that being it for them as well. I mean, there's no chance that, that Dixon play, or Forbes plays for anyone else other than, than Bob Lilly. It's... If Kenny and or Bob decided it's it's time's up on on Forbes, he does he just join the the coaching staff straight away? If he wants to yeah. stick around, yeah. It's not it, for everybody, but the spot would be open for him like forever, probably if he wants. Because Canaro's done some some high school coaching, so clearly he has some interest in it. Um, I just, I just don't see how those two guys get separated at any point. And then I'm not, I'm not as sure as, as you guys are that, that Robbie is back with the hounds. I think if he stays in the USL, he's back with the hounds. I don't think he's closed the door on his, his look elsewhere. I think if that opportunity presents itself, he's, he's going to take, he's, he wants to have a look at it, uh, theoretically higher league is that with the possibility that it would only be for a team that might want to send him to a two team again with see well that's that he works up that's, or if it's or if he's going to say i better be like in starting 21 or whatever or i'm not coming up i don't i don't think he signs a a two team contract there might be a situation where he signs an mls contract and they loan him down to get minutes. I don't think he I think he needs to see a a more viable and direct path to to first team minutes for him to make a jump. And I don't think he signs with a USL team other than the Hounds. The fact that he's now on this uh USL Players Association board of directors uh gives me a little pause that maybe the MLS route is is closing up but that's certainly not a guarantee um but yeah i mean if he's in the usl yes he's back with pittsburgh i'm just i don't think robbie has shut the door on himself looking at other possibilities so that's the only reason he gives me pause on on thinking he's definitely back next year So that you know, it just uh, yes, go on. it just dawned on me that when I was talking about Dixon and Forbes potentially not coming back, we have to have one of them come back because we have to have a Rhino on our roster. Oh shit! That might be your your homework for a future show is figure out who's left um, before all the Rhinos go extinct. Who was? I, I had that idea. Yeah, a, a endangered Rhinos uh, tracker. We might, yeah, might have to bust it out uh, in the off season. Put that on the uh, on the to do list. 
Because, holy... You have to have a, a Rhino still around. Or do you start, maybe, you start maybe, pulling maybe guys from... Uh, the coaching staff. Does he start pulling guys from the revamped uh, Rochester, New York, whatever they call themselves now, and that's like your cheap substitute for... For to keep the Rhino legacy going, that team's like the fake Rhinos you put out to keep poachers from getting the actual ones. Yeah, Ace Ventura climbed out the asshole. Inside <laughs> these Rhinos. Um, the other two names on the list: uh, White Borso went off to Notre Dame, went off to play his, his freshman year of soccer at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's, they did not make the tournament. I was talking to, to Yak before he hit the record button. I thought Notre Dame was, was better than, than they were, or maybe it's just an off year, but I, in my mind, they, I thought they were better. Uh, they went out in the first round of the ACC tournament, did not make the NCAA tournament. White Borso played for all, played in all 17 games that, that Notre Dame had, uh, two goals on 25 shots. So not the sharpest conversion rate. And one assist. Um, assuming he's he's available for a similar deal that he had this year where he's with the team at the beginning of the year and then goes off to college uh, about a third of the way through the season. Uh, any of you guys, would you want a, a white Borso back uh, with the Hounds next year? He was good for one assist against the Maryland Bobcats last year. He went up for more of that. Yeah, I'd take him back. Festy? Sure, if it's cheap. Otherwise, whatever. Uh, how much more cheap can you get than free? It's probably free. has to be free. All right, well, I'll take him for free. Okay. Seth, can, we, can you sell you on a Wyatt Borso for $0? Sign me up. Nice. What would you think, uh, hypothetically, let's say they make a move and, and they try to convince him uh, to forego the rest of his his Notre Dame years and sign him to a contract proper. Any value in that, possibly? Seth? Uh... You are you not prepared remember, for the question. Notre, you have to remember, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I like think that there's like really good value in that education and that networking opportunity of being a Golden Domer. So you can finish I, I finish that education afterwards. Pull the Jerome Bettis, graduate twenty yeah. years later. Why not? Yeah, may, I sign me up. You know what? See if it. See as, if as part of the compensation package, you already have you have the, his last three years of Notre Dame paid for. There you go. Vesti. Who says no? Vesti, do you say no? I say sure. I have no strong opinions about Wyatt. <laughs> I'm looking for hot Wyatt Porso takes. Damn it, Yak, you got one. I don't think a USL Championship team has the salary to do to pull somebody away from college like that. I think you got to be at least MLS. So, uh, no. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, it's worth the thought. I've thought about it too. I just don't I, think, it, I I gave don't the think thought, it's reality that it happens. I gave it a thought during the preseason when he was looking uh, looking a bit on fire in some of his preseason yeah. games. 
I was thinking that too. What what are the odds that he just doesn't show up for freshman year? Yeah, but he didn't play much in the regular season. Wait, it's gonna be hard to get. I mean, if he's not on the if he's not on a pro contract, I, I think you have a hard time giving that guy a, a lot of minutes, knowing he will then not be there on the business end of the season. Um, to which, even if you wanted to feed him more minutes, it's hard to justify that uh, when he will no longer be in the, the locker room after a while and then you have other guys that lost minutes to him still there. So I could see where that could be a, an issue based just on his availability. Given the amount of players we talk about like showed up out of nowhere or disappeared at some point during the season, I don't think that's that big of a problem. Maybe. I, I'm just spitballing he, here. He's got, I know, yeah, yeah. You know. I'd say if he's, uh, you know, if he if he's ready, wins or wins in April, just like they would be in September. Go play your best player. The uh, the superstar from Birmingham, Ed Kizza, his contract's not being renewed by by New England. Uh, Bob was scouting this guy when he was coming out of uh, Pitt to begin with. Uh, Seth, I mean, two different questions. You think he? I'm assuming the question, the answer is yes. Bob would want him back. Uh, you hoping he would want to come back as well, or is he maybe still looking for MLS aspirations? I mean, so like, he was loaned out twice by the Revolution. I have to imagine that if he wasn't part of their plan, now there's probably not another MLS team like ready to go sign him in free agency. Uh, and if, if Deke was the only returning forward of the option class, I think, I think that uh, Eddie Keys is a pretty good number two guy to have ready to go. Yak. I think there's a future in Pittsburgh for, for Edward Kizza. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to say no. He, he didn't get a lot of time here. He probably still thinks he can make it to MLS. I, I'm I'm leaning no. no. I'm all surprised by that. Uh, yeah, Vesti, Ed Kizza, future hound, future future permanent hound. I would like to see him here, but I I kind of with Yak. I feel like. Probably, I, I would not be surprised to see him on an MLS Next Pro squad next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most likely place for him. Regrettably, I, I mean, I want him back. I think, I think all four of us want him back. Uh, yeah, I he probably still. Yeah, there's gonna be someone else who's gonna try stash him on a two-team roster somewhere, crew two or something like that. Uh, so now we have a, a basic idea of of who we think is sticking or who, who we want to have back next year. So then it's time to start building through free agency. Uh, what do you think the the biggest needs are gonna be in that free agent market that the that the Hounds are gonna have to? shore up uh, a roster with 
Yak, what the, where are you going shopping at? If, man, that's a tough question. Um, there's going to be the most likely to be overhaul on defense, I guess. Um, specifically, especially if we think that there's a chance that Dos Santos isn't ready or can't come back. If Rovira isn't coming back, which at least two of us said is a good chance, no. They might have to look at um, outside wingbacks again a lot. If Bob wants to keep the like the five in the back, three in the back situation. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, without knowing the, the Dos Santos injury stats again, that's kind of the question mark all around him. I, and I just don't think there's a there's a, an actual right back on this roster right now. Is that a little harsh to say? Uh, I think you I think your outside backs are are very critical in this offseason. Vesti, how about you? Yeah, I'd say defense. I mean, we we talked about how this was probably the most inconsistent defense we've had under Bob. And um, yeah, it really starts with the center backs, and, and the center backs were very shaky at various points throughout the year. So I imagine, I would hope to see you know, some spending on quality center backs. And then I mentioned earlier, since I was pretty um, cutthroat on the midfielders and not wanting to really pick up anybody's options, at least big holes in the midfield, especially if we think older guys might retire or take a big step back in their play time. So, you know, we got to fill that as well. Yeah, the midfield... I think that's the the area of the field. I mean, Bob could be retaining a lot of guys. Bob could be retaining yeah, shit between declining contract options and and the guys who get up minutes going elsewhere. I mean, you could almost be looking at a, a completely revamped midfield, um, which is. I mean, it's a, a a pretty daunting task if you have your forwards more or less in place and you're revamping damn near your entire midfield and then a healthy portion of your back line. That's a lot of work cut out for uh, for Bob and, and Dan Fister in the offseason. Uh, Seth, where's your mind at on this? I think the number one concern is the center back position i think you need to get like a true leader of the back line type guy um i I was gonna throw out i was gonna make the joke forrest lasso might be available uh but you know he's definitely available he's putting out his highlight packages on on youtube yeah so take a run at him uh i think it's I, i i'm in this same feelings as you about the wingbacks it felt like we didn't have you know we got so lucky with like the rj dover years that you didn't really have to worry about who was playing in those roles you you knew those guys were going to be consistent i think they're vital to the five in the back you need you need two guys that can really just go it's it's not even truly like 18 to 18 in that role it's like six to six so uh, i think 
need to look there. But also, obviously, like you said, it could be a pretty bare cupboard come January in the midfield. So there's not to like completely be wishy-washy on that, but the midfield also feels like it, there could be a dire need to go out and splash some cash in free agency. Now for context, uh, last year or last off season, the Hounds made their, their options known on December 6th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, this is just off the top of my head. I think the contract's, run to the end of November. So we've seen some teams announce a couple roster decisions and re-signing guys that were under contract with them this past season. I, I'm not expecting the Hounds to say a, a, say a thing until um, the first, the first part of December. Uh, and then I mean, at which point if, uh, if they're not saying anything, you can still start seeing guys sign elsewhere but yeah, my expectation is is we won't hear any decisions until the contracts formally expire at the end of the month. Uh, the the Hounds have not been uh, the most proactive in announcing roster decisions right after the season ends, like we've seen a couple teams do. So I think we're still a, a week or two out from that. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, I mean, just going through this list here. You, you, we could be looking at a completely revamped midfield with, you know, <laughs> Robbie Mertz and no one else potentially. Um, and then, yeah, there's going to be some, some hard decisions, what you're doing defensively. And then potentially one, one keeper left on the roster. And then uh, actually a, a decent starting collection of forwards that work work with or work from as well. Um, or it could be just Altiqua, who knows. But it, it's, it is the byproduct of this year plus an option year that you go in these two-year cycles of retaining a lot of guys and then potentially not retain a lot of guys. And there was a, a healthy class of guys kept last year, and now you're on the uh, the back end of that where... Yeah, there's a lot of options expiring and more roster turnover than what we had last year. And yeah, could be a lot of lot of new faces in the Hounds next year. Or uh, if they work out some of these contracts, this could be another stable another stable group. But that's going to be require uh, some some negotiation with a lot of guys who've who've had a lot of games, a lot of minutes in Pittsburgh with a Cicerone, a Dixon, a Forbes. Griffin, uh, Mertz, um, basically a lot of your midfield and, and attacking midfield minutes right there, all out of contract. So that's real, so, uh, that's positive, right? So I, so early in the season, or maybe the beginning of the season, I don't know, it's been a while, there was a lot of talk about how the fandom wants consistencies between seasons, but and like a lot of guys coming back and building relationships and things like that. But after a disappointing season, it seems like we're all fairly content if that doesn't happen, if we are jettisoning a lot of the roster. Um, I don't know if there's a question there, but I guess 
do we feel do we feel better about not having a lot of people come back this after this year? Like, does that argument still hold up? It does much- to me. Uh, again, I and I said this. I said on the show last week. I think the team took a step backwards this this year, despite the fact that they advanced in a, in a playoff. On the whole, this team took a step backwards. Uh, how much you want to lay that at the feet of individual players or just poor positional groupings? Um, let people decide that on their own. But yeah, I mean. On the whole, do I want to see some some new faces on defense? Sure. Uh, am I a, a little scared of the unknown of revamping a midfield of guys that we've seen here for years and we know they have that in their you know in their back pocket of, of having really nice years and maybe not when to admit that that time catches up to everyone possibly, but I think people have to be more accepting of roster turnover this offseason than they did last. I think Nothing like showing yeah. up the first weekend of like like the middle of February to watch him play Gannon on a Friday night and have like 10 guys signed. Watching a whole squad of Trialist. Trialist A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Yeah. Which, again, why did Bob go to not giving us trialist names this year? That kind of annoyed me. Total total side rant, but yeah. Uh, Yak, your thoughts on on the question posed by the esteemed Mr. Vesti? Um, I think when we were going through the list in, in our heads and talking about um, how many people we want to bring back, we're all of us were, it was more than half. It was probably a decent more than half. It's not like we'd be bringing back nobody. Um, I think the, 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 we would like the backbone of the teams to be returning a little bit, a larger backbone. And I, I think for the most part, we were. It's just a matter of how many... Uh, how many starters do you think we should return? How many do you think are um, negotiable or departable? Part of this was also, I, I, I believe we collectively thought we had more depth this year than we, we really did. So maybe a lot of your starting pieces weren't, weren't the issue, but coming off the bench that became issues more often than not. Um, right. I'm just having a very selective memory of the season, or at least of what we thought of what the squad was in the first two months of the season when, when wins were plentiful. I definitely remember thinking we were deeper. Um, I still, for the most part thought so it was mostly the defense that was a little thin by the end when I think some of the guys I thought would be better or more starter ready weren't. Can I just start out there now that Bob seems in love with uh, Ardonez, um, Arturo Ardonez, excuse me, and I'm not sold on it. Am I, there, am I on an island on this or, or no? 
I really like the guy. I, I thought he played well. I, I don't know. I, I thought like he made rookie he made rookie mistakes occasionally, but for, as far as like he's he's really really quick and really seemed to cover forwards well. Like he he wasn't outclassed by any means. Like he like nobody was like running past him. So I. I, I do I, I think he's I think he's definitely you know with an knowing what it takes to play a full 34 plus the playoffs I think him coming back for a second season I think you could see a big jump there all right fair enough I'll live with that moving on uh, some USL news. Uh, we're now in the off season, so now off season shenanigans can commence, and it is the off season because this past Sunday, San Antonio hosted Louisville in the USL Championship Championship, and they won three to one, putting their first star above the the San Antonio Crest. Uh, guys, I thoroughly enjoyed this game more because I was on the right side of of who was going to come out on top. Uh, I'm assuming you guys watched. What was that? Emotionally or financially on the right side? Uh, financially. Uh, emotionally, I had no. Very nice. Yeah, emotionally, if, if it's not the hounds, and you know, fuck them. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the only thing that made me sad is San Antonio popped in the third because I had exact score lines of of two nil and two one. So, outside of that, it was it was uh, went well. Uh, I'm assuming you guys all watched. I don't want to put you guys on the spot if you if you hadn't, but uh, San Antonio just just outclassed. Um, they successfully ran ran a midfield, but then also dropped guys back far enough that Louisville really could not try to hoof it forward and try to work over the top. Uh, and then. Uh, Having having a backup keeper, I think finally finally cost them after kind of dancing th- through some raindrops earlier in the playoffs, and setting out San Antonio took it home. Uh, Festy, what were your thoughts on the game, and how are you feeling about San Antonio finishing at the top of the of the scrap heap? It, it was a good game from what I was able to see it. I, I missed the first part of it, um, but yeah, they just. They were the clear better team all night. That uh, I think it was the third goal that they did on the counter was an amazing team goal coming in from their own half. People were trying to shit talk that on 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 social media. Like anytime there's a really nice goal put up there and it's not from one of the like the chosen special teams of the world, then people just shit on. Oh, it was, it was poor defense or something like that. It's like the classic uh, counter argument. No, no, no. That was a that was a pretty sexy goal. Yeah, I, I mean, the Louisville defense was getting, you know, beat pretty good all game. But that, yeah, they they turned them inside out. It was, I, I don't know if any USL defense was really going to be able to do much with that. So, yeah, I mean, they did look strong. Had all their goals were great. Uh, maybe that first penalty wasn't so great that I heard, but. Ooh. Yeah, that that I was kind of joking. You know, they're finally getting getting 
some ESPN two time and uh, the world gets the the nation gets to watch a, a pretty pretty bad defensive collapse to give up penalty and then just an absolute um, poop your pants PK take. Not really showing the class of the league on in the first whatever that was twelve minutes. Yeah, but yeah, they look good. Stadium looked good. Atmosphere looked good. Good, good showing for the league. Yeah, uh, did you watch some some USL championship championship soccer, or do you do you have uh, on ESPN proper and watch some break dancing instead? I did neither. I was at a uh, a jazz concert on Ooh, on Sunday. Man, how was that? I had a great time. It wasn't my idea because jazz is not really my style of music, but the uh, the band, the singer, were incredible, and I hope to see them again when they come back in town. Uh, are, are you a newfound fan of jazz? I might, I might dabble. Nice. There you go. Well, that's an evening well spent, then, if I may say so. Seth, did you get the chance to watch it? I was, I was flipping back and forth between that and Sunday Night Football. Um, and that third goal, like the the whole like dribbling out of three guys to set, you know, to break it up the wing was just spin cycle, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that was like, I don't know. People need to like take the poop out of their pants if they think that that's not fun. Um, I, glad to see Louisville not add another star. Um, but overall, I think I, I think I saw somewhere like the West wound up winning like sixty five percent of the matches in crossover this year. So I think uh, I think the West is I think the West was the better conference this year. And it well, the Hounds did I mean, Hounds did nothing to help that too much. Hounds did absolutely nothing to help that. Yeah, well, uh, El Paso they got their El Paso win, but they lost to San Antonio, lost to Vegas, drew with Sacramento. Yeah, what Drew with New Mexico? Drew with New Mexico. So yes, they really weren't they weren't helping that much on that. And I mean, you know, San Antonio goalkeeper of the year and defender of the year. So yeah, obviously they kind of racked up the individual awards too. The one individual award they did not rack up was coach of the year because that went to Ben Pierman. Uh, and he now has a new job straight away. Goes from Memphis to Charleston. Uh, Vesti, uh, how how dumb does Memphis look having having their head coach uh, be on the last year of his contract and not locking him up longer term? Uh, so he becomes uh, the hot property in the league and immediately takes his talents uh, to Charleston. Yeah, it's a weird one, especially considering how big of a improvement they made this year. Um, you know, I I wonder. Uh, I don't know. I haven't paid attention to the front office and and if it's still like Tim Howard making decisions or anything. But I wonder if what's going on there, and if um, maybe meddling is happening or, or things like that that would make him want to to bail to a you know, a club that kind of starting from the bottom and it's going to be a complete rebuild. Well, I mean, this scuttlebutt on, on the Twitter machine, um, hopefully not RIP anytime soon, 
is that maybe in addition to other compensation that maybe uh, how much of a say he was going to have in roster construction played a part in this. Uh, so who knows? I mean, Tim Howard's name is still on there. How much say or how much input he has, who knows? Um, but word, word on the streets for wherever that's worth is, is maybe he was looking for more roster control that he was than he, what he was going to get in Memphis. Seth, what um, coach of the year switching uh, a week after the season ends? Pretty pretty bad look for for Memphis, no. I, it's a tough look, that's for sure. Um, but again, you know, if it boiled down to his contract was up, he wasn't getting the additional responsibilities that he was looking for in in say and roster building and all that kind of stuff, then. Good on him to make the move. You know, uh, definitely know your, good on know him. Your worth. I just think it's know it's your worth. Just it's absolutely crazy that you would let the guy walk into a because no one was thinking Ben Perriman anything special before the season started. Uh, but you you let the guy walk into a season on last year of his contract and it just shit. Even the Hounds were smart enough to to lock up. Uh, Bob for a couple more years going in, into this last season. Uh, you know, you don't don't put yourself in a position you don't want to be in, and and Memphis did just did that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Can anything that? Uh, I wonder if this is a bit of an underlying trend for Memphis because I believe after the twenty twenty one season, in which they did pretty well under the weird scheduling circumstances, they let Kyle Murphy walk when he had like 20 goals or whatever, and I think might have led the league, had the golden boot and goals, and he went off to Miami for, I think, nothing. So is this an issue in general with Memphis just not paying attention to people's contracts until it's too late and they let people get, they let their good staff and players out for nothing. That's that's a rough look. Are you saying that might fall on their general manager? I would point to that as uh, an example of what might be wrong, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. What was if the general manager became the head coach? I have seen a rumor that that could be a future thing. Like, I'll put it, it at, at non... I'll put it above 0%, but not much above... Like 10? Like... I'd give it 10. The general manager making making himself the head coach would be only a slightly worse decision than the general manager making himself the starting goalkeeper two weeks before the season I, starts. I think it's a slightly better decision, but not by much. Not by much. Not by much at all. Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, Rhode Island FC is officially announced. It was the... The long talked about uh, Paw Tucket deal, stadium deal that uh, people have been working on. And then, bam, out of nowhere, they got a name, they got a crest. Uh, the, the ever so creative Rhode Island FC prepared to uh, debut in a brand new stadium in 2024. Vesti, uh, you like designing things, or at least you do it, uh, maybe begrudgingly. What are your thoughts on the, the Rhode Island FC crest and branding? Well, I'm not a fan of Place FC. Uh, you know, 
give us another Rhode Island Hawks or whatever. But um, I thought the the branding's pretty good. I like the colors. the The crest is pretty solid. I, I saw something floating around. Um, I think it was Mike Pedleton who suggested ditch. So the, the crest is kind of elongated, um, and so they have like Rhode Island FC in the bottom of it. And it, I, I agree. With, it looks stronger if you hack off the name, and so it's just the the anchor symbol. I did see but, his his mock up without the without the the word mark. It, yeah, it is pretty solid. No, nobody does that anymore though. You you gotta have the word mark. But be brave. No, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Oh, he's a fan of Tampa like Bay. He's do. a fan of, of of the Rowdies, and the Rowdies are literally just a word mark. Yeah, but it's in the seventies, therefore it's cool. Oh, okay. Never mind. You gotta be careful there, you're gonna get you some trouble on the the dead app. <laughs> no one's listening to this anyways. Hey, Detroit's brave enough brave enough to not to put Detroit in the uh in the logo, right? I don't remember if they have it or not. I, I think you're correct. Yeah. There's no no word mark and no soccer ball. Very brave. No, it's uh, it's on the top. Okay, never mind. Fuck, I'm not brave then. Detroit City noted cowards. Yeah, long, long time <laughs> cowards. They should have they should have held on the Ben Behrman longer. See, they would have had a USL Coach of the Year. Otherwise, they got stuck with whatever uh, schlup they got now. They could have had the Coach of the Year. They, uh, they ended up with uh, what's something Trevor Trevor James that's his name was coaching uh, Rod Stewart and now he's coaching Detroit we all take steps down our uh, in our career at some point anything else I could say just to just to stop piling the shit anymore or should I stop keep, keep digging <laughs> keep going we're an hour and 15 minutes in. We'll let it go. Uh, uh, Seth, any, any thoughts on R- Rhode Island? You want you want to go to Rhode Island as an away day at some point? 2024 I, or sometime beyond? Honestly, I was kind of thinking that that's kind of a cool road trip. And I think you could, like, Amtrak it. I, so that might be... That might be a, not at the top of the list of away days, but might find its way somewhere in the middle of the. But the the new stadium's got this waterfront thing going on, kind of Pittsburgh esque, so we can go there and, and then say how inferior it is to ours. I'm guessing they don't have a train. I didn't see train in the mock up, so probably not. Let alone two. So. Let alone two, or a good shot. <laughs> Similar to uh, Florida, you could potentially have an extended week and if the schedule gods are, are smiling, hit up Hartford and them. They're all of like 45 minutes from each other. Oh, that's right. That wouldn't be bad at all. Not at all. Uh, gentlemen, the, the sock wars never stop. They just changed the fronts on which they're, they're, the wars are waged. Um, the USL v MLS Next Pro is heating up fast. Uh, just in the last week or so, 
Uh, MLS Next Pro announced Huntsville, Alabama as a spot of an independent. I believe that one's going to be the an independent one. Nashville's two-team. Oh, it's Nashville's two-team. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, but that was a potential landing spot for a USL club. They're going the Huntsville route. Uh, just the other day, Cleveland uh, Cleveland Pro Soccer was announced, and uh, all signs point to that going the MLS Next Pro, which is a real kick in the balls for us. All we've wanted is a nice close-away day for forever, and... Uh, that looks like that's not going to happen. Potentially as as an Open Cup day, but uh, there's still a, a chance that Cleveland becomes uh, Columbus too, you know, Crew too. And then with MLS's NYCFC announcing that they're building in a stadium in Queens, finally, uh, Queensboro sounds like they're pumping the brakes on. A USL team and might be converting their still yet to be launched uh, men's first team uh, potentially into MLS Next Pro as well. Uh, Vesta, you're, you've been uh, neck deep in the soccer wars uh, as long as anyone else here. What are your takeaways? Fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> that's the easiest and simplest way to put it. Uh, particularly Cleveland, man, because like you said, we've been wanting to do that forever. We there used to be a Cleveland team. It's it's um, yeah. It, it's just it seems like any market that USL is in discussion with, if they cannot lock that down quick, MLS is coming in and trying to 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 pull the rug out from under them. Um, technically, Cleveland isn't officially MLS next, but they're once again on the. The Dead Man Walking website—they are following MLS accounts. The their launch event, they're having an MLS player there, and um, it's not following the the, the typical launch um, pattern of a USL club. Yeah, exactly. And in addition to the, um, the it's really minor, but it's something that always happens is their their announcement was like, "We're finally bringing pro soccer to Cleveland." completely ignoring the history of pro soccer teams in Cleveland because if you're not in the MLS system, MLS does not give a crap about you. So it's just it's got all the hallmarks of an MLS venture. Yeah, and it fucking blows. It, it sucks. It makes me worried that, you know, USL was in talks with Buffalo for a while. You know, they're they going to get sniped as well since Rochester is just down the road. And, and Baltimore is still up in the air. Yeah. Fuck. Baltimore, I think, is... It's up in the air, but I feel like it's um, because of Loudon's situation of having to remain in USL for the foreseeable future. I think that pumps the break of MLS trying to get a team in there because it's just kind of cannibalizing its own market then. But um, yeah, everything else sucks. <laughs> Seth, anything, not, anything, not uh, anything more insightful than it fucking sucks? I mean, even though it's pretty insightful. I, I just... I just don't get it. <clears throat> like I, I would think having a second tier team would be more prestigious and would be looked on higher by these ownership groups than having a what's MLS next pro? Is there are they D three? 
in yes. the okay i i just and they're also it's like i i, I feel like it gets more i it's more of a minor league feel to me um so i don't get it but obviously i'm saying that as a as a person who doesn't have an mls side uh and my only domestic fandom belongs into the usl championship so i i don't see it the allure of it but i i guess i am in the category of sucks as well i they gotta be i want to see what kind of bullet point list mls is putting out there to be like this is the benefits of coming into us because i feel like they are writing checks they cannot cash for independent groups Yeah, it just come in with the the sparkle of MLS and a cheaper operating cost than what USL is going to throw at you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was it. Uh, look at the MLS Next Pro stuff. It's uh, Carolina Core is coming in as this uh, supposed independent team, I believe. Yeah, there's apparently talks of USL putting a League One team in there or yeah. something like that. Yeah, because that's, yeah, it's going to be in High Point, and that was another emerging market. So <sighs> these kind of secondary markets are, are, yeah, it's a new hotspot for USL versus uh, MLS territory rights and territory land grabs. Can't wait. Yak, this fucking sucks, right? Yeah. Um, they all have their own unique level of suck. Like, Huntsville probably would have gone into League One if they went the USL route, and they're very close to just about every other team down there. Like, League One is forming in a, such a southeast hotbed, which is wild to think that that's where, like, lower division soccer is probably the, the strongest as a geographic area as a whole is the southeast obviously sucks for us that cleveland's not coming here i'm looking at a list right now cleveland is the third largest city in the country that doesn't have any pro soccer to talk about and the fact that they're going to get essentially a, a two team that plays a bunch of two teams sucks and as the usl and mls soccer wars grow to the this would not have been the first time that they would have tried to share a metro area with Queensboro and uh, New York City and the Red Bulls, but this would have been like USL's first great crack at trying to put a team where an MLS team already exists. And it kind of looked good when it was announced a couple years ago, and for it to fall apart before it ever even hits the ground just sucks. Well, remember there was the big push they were going they were going to uh, go into Chicago. USL Chicago was going to happen. That that yep fell I, apart too. I remember Chicago. They tried Austin. That didn't work. Um, I'm hoping if if the uh, if Austin comes back as Fort Worth, that has some success because they're pretty close to the Dallas FC Dallas. But yeah, this is a bunch of a bunch of hit and misses, and maybe our best shot at a hit was another miss. There was someone on Twitter uh, after this Carolina announcement and these uh, the uh, Alabama uh, Huntsville announcement. Just doing the the map of all the the team crests down in the Carolinas slash kind of Sun Belt Bible Belt region, 
and it was all these D is basically point out there's all these D three teams in this in this area and they're not in just one league. They're not in two. They're in three separate leagues. There's like all these teams. You could have a, a fully functioning regional league, uh, but no, all these teams are in three separate leagues because we can't get our shit together in this country. And yeah, it's it's a bit of a fucking joke. And yeah, you know the soccer wars are all fun and games. And then Cleveland went the way of Next Pro, and now. Now it's no longer fun, is it? Uh, but we are inching our way towards another 90-minute episode. Uh, so we will slowly get the scene wrapped up here. Holiday party, December 9th. That's a Friday. Frick, uh, the Frick Pittsburgh. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, next, next episode of Houndsy, we'll try to talk it up even more uh maybe get a guest or two on here to, to really convince you to go uh party in a bougie type place with all your still army friends so that'll be good times uh that's a friday put that on the calendar uh, we'll, uh show notes will have the kind of the rsvp link so we know exactly or roughly how many people are going to be showing up to that little uh shindig uh at all yeah. Uh, we will definitely be off next week because of Thanksgiving. Uh, again, as I mentioned before, we're not really expecting the Hounds to make roster decisions until until the first part of December. So probably miss probably not missing anything uh, next week, and then we will uh, we'll get back into it, and then we'll kind of do episodes as as the Hounds slash USL slash U.S. Soccer News uh, warrants, and then we're working on some, maybe a couple of fun interviews, some other fun and games during the off season here, and that's what's going to get us through uh, Houndsy for uh, the next couple weeks or so. Gentlemen, uh, Thanksgiving is next week. It's a good time to be reflecting, uh, reflective of what we've gone through before. And that leads me into, uh, what did we learn this week? And I'm going to throw it off at Seth first, because he's not prepared for the question. I thought you were going to make us go around and say what we're thankful for. That's exactly what I was thought that was coming. I was was leading you down that path. I was leading you down that path and said, fuck, I hate doing that. hate doing that. I was like... I'm uh, glad I got all three of you to think I was doing it, though. Fuck yeah. You ungrateful bastards. I've, I learned tonight. I learned that Dan Yost is the master of deception. Yes. <laughs> he he had me sitting fastball, <laughs> and he just buckled me with a curveball that didn't even make the dirt. I'll take that as a win. There you go. Yeah. What we learned tonight? Um, learning that Twitter is dying. Trying to see what alternatives there are. I discovered Snapchat now has a web app. That's what I learned tonight. Oh, we're so fucked. Festy, where are we all going when Twitter dies? Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. But uh, to move the conversation somewhere different, how old do you think Tim Allen's character in the Santa Claus is? Oh, God. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking anything Christmas before Thanksgiving? 
Uh, well, I already lost the Christmas War. It's it's this Christmas Wars is happening here. Yo, uh, so Tim Allen is transcendent of Christmas. Okay, but yes, the original so, Santa Claus in '94. How old do you think that character is supposed to be? Oh, this is gonna make me sad, isn't it? Probably. Oh, uh, thirty-six. Anybody else want to guess? I. I can't tell you the last time I've seen it. I assume you're going to tell me because it's supposed to be super young. So I'm going to say 30. I mean, the answer should be like like 47, but... That's what I imagine in my mind is like mid-40s. Yeah. 38. Oh. Which I found shocking because some of us are quickly approaching the age of Santa Claus. My, my 30th birthday was like two weeks ago. Well, avoid roofs this winter. Yeah. Fuck. Are you serious? Know, that, seems, that seems young to me because he does not look thirty-eight. No, uh, uh, Tim Allen nor does Santa Claus look thirty-eight. <laughs> Anyways, that was my revelation today as we watched Christmas movies. Wait, how, how old was Tim Allen the actor when he made that movie? He's in his forties. I looked it up. Okay. See, you know, a more appropriate age. Yeah. Shit. On got... the outro, Dan's gonna play Wham Last Christmas. No, 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 no. I <laughs> I like to get myself to uh to at least Thanksgiving before and I I don't think I've heard any Christmas songs yet. Uh I have not seen the In Park Tree commercial yet. I did see the the lottery commercial, which is fine because that's you know, that works for me. Uh, so I successfully avoided uh, any Christmas slash holiday trappings so far. If uh, you're a crazy person like me and still listen to the radio, some of the stations are starting tomorrow. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, uh, that's why, why I stick night? with uh, WYP. They don't do any of that bullshit. Oh, real quick, do you see what they do on Thanksgiving? Yeah, Tom Hanks. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm curious if he actually recorded any audio if it's just his playlist and they're you know overhyping it uh i'm a the yp's not the overhyped type i'm assuming he actually came in and recorded a bit i'm just curious how how long the set is i didn't hear if it's like a like a 15 minute thing or like a two-hour thing uh they got more info on their site i believe they said it was upward around 100 songs so however long that ends up being oh damn damn tom hanks yeah, but I did see that. It's kind of cool. So I know what I'm going to be doing on Thanksgiving Day. Although, what do you think? What uh, what kind of music do you think Tom Hanks is into? Old stuff. He's all big into typewriters and shit, so I imagine musical tastes are also of that era. Fair enough. I was, I was going to take... I'll save the question you were going to now save that path for another day, because we're we're at an hour and a half, and uh, endless. Yeah, it's time to it's take a thing home. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sorry if you wanted to watch the Pens game, but shit, I'm sorry, man. This is funnier. Yeah, okay. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsley. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at BGN.FM. The Houndsley theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. Facebook, not going away anytime soon that we know of. 
The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstewarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Seth, Vesti, and Yak, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.